slash iHeartland today. The Iowa Hawkeyes men's basketball team will be looking to get back in the win column tonight when they visit Wisconsin. The Hawkeyes women with a lopsided loss at Maryland last night. They'll host Indiana in Sunday's regular season finale. The Iowa State women visit Oklahoma State tonight. Drake men's team host Illinois State seeking a 10th win in a row. The star freshman Brandon Miller is expected to play in Alabama's game tonight a day after details emerged about his alleged role in a fatal shooting. I'm Doug Thompson. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studio, with amazing slow-smoked wings and world-famous baby back ribs, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Sports Station, 106.3. KXNO, Murph and Andy coming up, top of the hour. And then the KXNO drive, and I saw a tweet yesterday, Sean back with Heather. Oh, nice. Today. So uh, his uh, little spell with illness apparently is behind him. He'll be back here, and then I'm guessing down at the Nap Center uh, tonight, oh, he'll right. do his thing. It's uh, The curtain comes down on Drake's regular season. Their favorite Senior by 15. Night. Are they really? Yeah. That's too many, isn't it? The Illinois State's bad. Why yeah. isn't Illinois State good every single year? I, you're preaching in the choir. It's one of the biggest public yep. schools in the state of Illinois. Should They should be. An alumni base that is huge. There should be money coming into that program compared to their brethren. You know, you and I as undergrads, like 8,000. You know, Drake's 5,000. They're 26,000. Hmm. How aren't they good? I don't get it. Is it normal? Nobody from Chicago wants to drive down to normal Bloomington? I, I don't get it. That program... Yeah, they had the nice run with Osias Eldridge, a couple other nice teams, yeah. but that should be one of the powers of the NBC. Didn't did Drake beat them in two thousand eight? Was it Illinois State that they had to get past before them to win the, or was it you and I the following? You and I. That was the Osiris Eldridge That's year. Okay. Yeah. So that was Boy, 09, he was a stud. eight to uh, own eight oh nine oh nine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, in St. Louis. Yeah. That that was a good game too. Mm-hmm. That was a fun game. Uh, I love those Valley tournaments, mm-hmm. especially when uh, you know when Drake won it and the Panthers get back their back-to-back years. And we're eight days away. It's unreal. From March Madness. All right, let's get uh, Dave Sproul in here, 1430 KASI. Uh, that's where Iowa State plays in Story County. Ames Little Cyclones as well. Hello, Dave Sproul. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing well. Well, that was a stinker last night. Did you get? Do you get the Longhorn <laughs> Network? Were you subjected to that? Yeah, I actually signed up for a, sl- a month of sling because I figured it'd be cheaper than going to my favorite watering hole since my uh, alcohol taste tend to be expensive. And it's probably for the best because uh, I would have been surrounded by some very angry, inebriated Iowa State fans that oh, I uh, left the house last night. So uh, I watched at home and uh, just uh, watched the, that, that circle the drain uh, for 40 Oof. minutes and Went to bed. So tell me about this sling situation, because I've—I mean, I've heard of it, and you got to remember you're dealing with a 64-year-old technology-challenged old man. Um, but that's the one where you can take your TV on the road with you, or something. Is that it? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a web or app-based, uh, you know, TV streaming service, not unlike YouTube TV or Hulu, where you can watch live TV. Your typical cable channels on there, but it also happens to be, I think, the only streaming service that offers. Longhorn Network, you, I think, ah. you, as you guys know, you can get it on DirecTV on the satellite. I don't know if DirecTV Stream uh, offers it, but uh, Sling does. So I signed up, and a month of that, certainly cheaper than going to the bar, probably safer, you know, considering yeah. the anger level of Iowa State fans. Well, don't forget to cancel. 
Yes, exactly right. right. Yeah, right away. Do that every time. <laughs> Absolutely. I've seen that BTN Plus uh, subscription. Oh, I forgot to cancel over that stupid over, right. to watch a game against you know Bethune Cookman. You're signing up for these things. Well, it was not Bethune Cookman. It was Texas, and it got ugly in a hurry. You know, hanging around halfway through the first half. Hey, they're, they're taking their best shot, and then just the onslaught of three pointers, time in and time out. Step slow defensively. I mean, this team was so good at the beginning of the year on the defensive end of the floor, and they still are good, but not at that elite level that we once saw. Is it this team wearing down? Do you see that, Dave? Yeah, there there just seems to be a bit of a lull at the moment. The last two games, that same energy just hasn't been there. You know, part of that is the grind of the Big 12, yep. and you're going through that second time around, and their teams are very familiar with you now, and so they know what's coming, and so it, plus you're on the road. All those things add yep. up to, oh, and you're down one of your, your starters yep. uh, in Caleb Grill the last two games, and that's, you know, that's huge on both ends of the court for Iowa State. So a lot of factors go into that, and it's just, you know, at sometimes it just kind of bottoms out, and, and last night it certainly seemed to bottom out. Yeah, and you, you kind of saw it coming, right? Because Texas was going to, uh, they, they didn't like the way the game at Hilton went in the middle of January, and you don't darn well that they were waiting for the rematch, and uh, obviously they'd hope, that, well, the fan base, the student section in particular, was hoping that Grill was going to be able to answer the bell uh, for that game last night, because they had a little something in store for him, uh, I'm assuming, but that wasn't to be the case. And um, But you knew it was going to be tough, I guess is where I'm going, Dave. It was uh, It was a team that was fully prepared to settle the score, and they did. Yeah, I think uh, Texas definitely brought a little extra motivation on the court with them last night. Tyrese Hunter in particular might have had Mm -hmm. a little chip on the shoulder in in that game, uh, considering how uh, generally poorly he played in in Hilton Coliseum. So, yeah, Texas was ready to go, and and you got to give a lot of credit to that staff and what they've done since Chris Beard got got. You know, showing the door mm-hmm. uh, down there, and that—that's the kind of thing that could really derail a whole team. And they've—they've they've been able to keep that team together and keep them playing at a high level. Uh, so, so give Texas some credit. That's a really good team. Yep. So, Dave, um, when the when Texas was here and Grill uh, undercuts Mitchell, and uh, it's hard to judge intent, and I'm not going to do so. Uh, but I, but when he makes the three, I didn't see the throat slash until the Longhorn Network brought it up last night. That's a really incredibly bush league move. Was that a talker at all in any of the press conferences? Or does anybody, you know, bring it up that, that um, you know? Because I couldn't have gone over. I'm assuming. I would hope it didn't go over very well with the coaching staff. Anything brought up about that? Again, I didn't see it until yesterday. Had no idea. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that either, I guess. I actually wasn't at the Texas game uh, and uh, watched, kind of scrubbed through it on TV the day after, so uh, I didn't see that happen, and I don't remember seeing or hearing any Nor do I. quotes or even questions uh, of T.J. Altaberger in regard to that specific uh, situation. So uh, I'm sure Texas remembered it. They probably had yep. that one maybe uh, ready to go on a TV in the locker room before the game or, or something like that just to, to remind them uh, or give them a little extra motivation. And, yeah, that's the kind of thing. You, you can say it's Bush League. You can say it's, you know, maybe it's just part of the game or part of the trash talk, but it's that kind of thing that can feed the uh, the intensity and energy of an opposing team, and that's the last thing you want to do. So, Dave, this team teetering a little bit. I mean, four out of five losses, eight of their last 12, yet 
the resume is still in good shape. I've seen a lot of people freaking out. Oh, man, this team shouldn't even be an eight seed. Well, it's not going to happen. The resume <laughs> says that that's not going to happen. And No, I and, think the sky's falling, but I went five seed. Right. I didn't go as far as eight. But it's out there. You know how fans are, okay? <laughs> sure. And, and that, that people just freaking out at this point. How precarious of a position, though, do you think it is? 17 and 10, the road record isn't very good. And, and this is going back to Saturday when we see them up there in the top 16 when they're revealed. Well, it didn't tell us a whole lot because the top 16 is pretty easy to do. We don't know what the committee is going to do. The one thing that pops out to me, just two road victories this year. And if that continues the rest of the year, you get to the end and you only got two road victories. It might be hard to hold on to a top four seed if that's the case, even resume based, if they should be right up there with those other teams. Yeah, I, I think the key is, you know, first of all, the strength of the Big 12 means you're not going to get dinged too hard, even yep. if you get blown out on the road. But any road loss is, is almost forgivable, and all, you know, in, in a sense. I mean, look at the way Texas Tech is playing now, mm-hmm. and that all started with, with their right. win against Iowa State. And so that loss doesn't look as bad on your resume now as it did then. North Carolina looks very different now than it did then, so yes. I don't know if that offsets it. But the, the <laughs> fact is, you know, you're going through the Big 12, and you're playing teams that are quad one, quad two quality teams night in and night out. So if you go on the road and lose one of those, you don't get dinged too hard. You lose to an Oklahoma at home, say, on Saturday. And, well, that might be a different matter altogether. But if you hold court at home, and, and even if you lose out on the road here the rest of the regular season, uh, I think you're probably in pretty good shape to stay in the top four in on the seed lines in, in the big dance. A lot of other things, you know, can shuffle through there and, and affect that. But I, I think for Iowa State, yeah, it's not – I I don't see them in a total free fall as of right now because I – I think they could hit the court. I mean, you look at what happened a couple weeks ago with Kansas. They came off a loss on the road, 11 a.m. tip at Hilton, tons mm-hmm. of energy in the building, mm-hmm. tons of energy on that team, and they go and beat the best team in the Big 12 at Hilton Coliseum. Now that you got one of the worst teams in the Big 12 coming to town, maybe you get Caleb Grove back, maybe you don't, but you got that home crowd on your side. You're playing at Hilton, and you're probably going to have – a lot more energy on your side coming out on Saturday than he did last night. Yeah, Oklahoma, what, uh, seven and eight conference right now. I, I wish I remembered in that game who guarded Sherfield because he did nothing. It was I had to be either Grill or Kelsher, one of those two, um, because he averages like 17. He made one shot in that basketball game. They affected, They completely took him out of it. So I'd like to think that uh, whatever – um, they did that game that they uh, you know employ a similar tactic because they got a couple of dudes, but Iowa State with the home folks and as you mentioned, the eleven o'clock and the fan base was bananas the last time uh, they had one of those tip offs. I'd like to see it happen again, uh, but boy, Dave, the way they're playing right now, this this game goes from a yep, go ahead and get that take your pen out and and go ahead and write this one in pen as a W. I don't think you can do that for either of the next two home games. And a couple of weeks ago I thought you absolutely could. Yeah, well again, you know, you, you do have a big home court advantage no matter where you're playing in the Big Twelve, but that's no guarantee. And we've seen Kansas lose at home this season. Uh we've seen Iowa State lose at home this season. So there there are no guarantees certainly anywhere. Sherfield's a very good player, but I think he's he's a little bit kind of like Isaiah Brockington was for Iowa State last season, whereas he's the one guy who could really create his own shot. So if you can shut him down, you kind of take the their whole offense apart in a lot of ways and, and keep them from really getting into what they want to do. Now, if he's hitting shots, if he's finding open looks and his teammates can play off that, then it's a different story. But if you, I think he's, he's that guy you can kind of focus on and say, we got to stop him. 
and everything else kind of falls into place. So it'll be interesting to see how Iowa State defends him, if Caleb Grill is healthy enough to go, if he gets that assignment, if it's Kalsher, or maybe even Taman Lipsy. I don't think they've been afraid to, to throw Taman at some guys that are really good offensive players, too, and let him go one-on-one. He went head-to-head with Tyrese Hunter last night. Didn't have a great game, obviously. Hunter got his, but he's still a guy they have a lot of faith in and, and could be an option there to go up against you know, the best scorer, or at least one of the best scorers on the opposite side. Bill Fenley and the Twister Sisters on the road tonight. Tough one against Oklahoma State. They get TCU over the weekend, who was just brutal. And that'll be an easy victory there. But kind of right the ship here for the ladies' team. Wins against Texas and then on the road against Baylor in double overtime last weekend. Feels like maybe it's starting to figure it out again and getting everything righted after, obviously, the big injury. Yeah, and it's really interesting. Tommy Birch, our mutual friend, wrote about this in the in the Des Moines Register about how you know Iowa State went down on the road on a, the Saturday before or actually, they were out, yeah, on the road the Saturday before the Super Bowl. They come back, they get home around midnight, they have an afternoon practice, and then a game that Monday night against Texas at home. And they looked like completely different ball clubs in that 48-hour span, or a little more than 48 hours. And put together one of the best weeks that that program has ever seen, which is saying a lot, uh, considering the success they've had in the Bill Fenley era. They beat Baylor on the road, which rarely happens. They got that win against the ranked Texas team at Hilton. And this is the, this will be the first season for Iowa State that they don't get swept by any of their opponents. Usually at the, at Oklahoma, they've had monster teams in the past, back when Sherry Cole was, was coaching there. Baylor's had their monster teams, national championship caliber teams, uh, in the past. And all, it seemed like uh, one or two of those or Texas or somebody always stepped up and, and got that sweep in the two games against Iowa State. And that, that won't happen this year. Iowa State has at least one win against every Big 12 team now. And that's really something that uh, you'd think there wouldn't be any first left, considering how long and how successful Bill Fenley has been there. But that's another one, I guess, on the list. Mm. So it's going to be at home. Oklahoma State's really uh, maybe the hot, hottest team on the Big 12 women's side right now. So it will be a really good test for, for Iowa State tonight. Uh, you're right. Fenley's done a lot, checked a lot of boxes. Um, has he got a finish line in sight, do you think? I mean, he's been doing it at, at Ames since 1995. That's a remarkable uh, run. When, how much longer do you think? It's really hard to say because the last couple of seasons, his energy level and enjoyment of, of just being around his team and coaching him up and, and just doing what he does has really hasn't waned at all. There was, a, there was a period there. There was a couple of seasons that were rough by his standards, and he really didn't seem to, to, to enjoy his, his job as much as he has. But now he seems to be just really reveling in it, mm-hmm. really loving it. Uh, he loves the kind of recruits he's bringing in he's, and recruiting at a high level. And so I just, I, you know, it's hard to say it could happen. He can just wake up at the end of the season and say, you know what, this has been enough. I, I've enjoyed the ride and it's been done. Or he can hang around, I, I think, maybe another five seasons. Who knows? Uh, it, it's really hard to say. But I just know right now it just seems like he's enjoying, you know, coaching as much as he ever has. So uh, it's hard to see him going anywhere, at least in the immediate future. Dave Sproul, 1430 on the AM dial, KASI, up in Ames. Little Cyclones defending champions in, of course, Class 4A. Still alive in the sub-state semifinals Friday night. And what, you got Ankeny coming to town? Is that right, Friday? That is uh, exactly right. The Harrison Barnes Gym hosting uh, postseason. Uh, and uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Those two teams played in Ames back in December. And Ankeny won by 14, played really well. And that was a period early in the season. The Ames was still trying to figure things out. They lost, you know, four of the starters from that state tournament team last season. And this is a very different Ames team. I'm not, I don't know much about 
you know, how much Ankeny might or might not have changed in that span at the moment. But uh, I, I do know that Ames is, is playing a little different. Personnel is different. The rotations are different. And a lot of the roles have changed uh, during the course of the season. So I think it'll be a much more intriguing game, probably uh, a closer game, certainly, than the 14-point margin. And Ames will have that home court advantage. So I think it'll be an exciting game, fun to watch, uh, at least I hope. Uh, that'll be the case on Friday. Has Campbell shared his spring practice plans yet as far as dates, when it's going to start, etc.? Do you guys know? I haven't heard anything yet. I know that one of the assistants, I can't remember who at this point, tweeted out some kind of schedule, and I think that the purpose of doing that was to reach out to recruits and not tip his hand to the general public, and I can't mm. find that tweet you know, quick enough to tell you exactly how it's going to go. But uh, I think that's a pretty good rough idea of what the schedule will be like, but whether the public's going to get a chance to see this team or exactly when those practices will be held has not been detailed yet. Dave Sproul, 1430 KASI. What time are you on the air on Friday, Dave, on 1430? 6.45, ready to go for the Little Cyclones and the Hawks. Good stuff. And then up early and right back to Hilton Coliseum for Oklahoma and Iowa State. Dave Sproul, have a wonderful uh, rest of your week. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Dave. You bet. Thanks for the time, guys. Yeah, good to talk to you. Dave Sproul, 1430 KASI, as we catch up with our buddy up in Ames. Uh, off we shall go. David Kaplan is going to join us next from Chicago. Speaking of spring practice, did you see the tweet? Uh, one of the National College football writers, um, Colorado selling tickets to see the, their spring game. They've sold 30,000. Sold 30,000. Colorado. To watch this, their spring game last year, and how many people got in for free? Five thousand, nineteen hundred. <laughs> <laughs> you think he's got the Ooh. fan base riled up a little bit in a positive way? Good for them. Good for them. And right, um, Folsom Field, a really cool stadium, great uh, setting, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Football's been brutal. Uh, maybe it'll change. All right, uh, we will talk to David Kaplan when we come back. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. KXNO. If you own a house, you've got a huge asset, and everyone's looking at it. With Wall Street investors buying up homes in Des Moines and renting them out like never before, you have to wonder, what do they see in your big asset that you don't? The truth is... If you sell your home instead of running it, you can kiss your asset goodbye. Especially with today's higher interest rates, the best way to save your asset is to rent it out instead. Does renting make your asset look big? Yes, it does. Especially when you hire the professional landlords at Renner's Warehouse. DIYing your property management is a total pain in your asset. But with Renner's Warehouse, you never have to find tenants, collect rent, or handle pesky maintenance calls again. Don't lose your asset. And stop busting your asset trying to manage it yourself. Go to renterswarehouse.com to book your free home rental price analysis today. Or call 515-528-4429. Renters Warehouse. You can't buy happiness, but you can rent it. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-
Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsor David Kaplan. He joins us as he does each and every Wednesday at this time as we inch our way to baseball season down the stretch in the NBA and the NHL and uh, maybe Patrick Kane coming to the end of his Blackhawk career in the next couple of days is the trade deadline next couple of weeks rather as the trade deadline gets closer but a lot of ground to cover Kappa as always how are you and thanks for doing this I am good I've got my last Valley game of the season tonight I've got Bradley at Valparaiso so I've got that one and then my college Oops, as done as I know of for the season. Good stuff. Well, Bradley, big spot Bradley Drake on Sunday. Hopefully Valbo can soften him up a little bit as that game will be for all the marbles in the Valley, first place in the Valley, the one seed in the tournament uh, coming up. Uh, good stuff. Where will that one air, Cap? Is that a, a plus game? Or is that the big... That is an NBC Sports Chicago. Good stuff. NBC, or a... Uh... Or whatever the Midwest is, yep. all over the place. So yeah, that's the uh, Valley game of the week. Good stuff. All right, Cap. Let's um, you know, let's start with Justin Fields. And seemingly, uh, when when it became apparent that Houston had, uh, had won a game and had fallen to the two, um, there was some speculation. Now, what are the Bears going to do? Do they keep Fields? He, he seems to. They seem to be the right guy. Young might be generational. You can start the rookie contract clock all over again, and that seemed to kind of fade away after that initial uh, kind of uh, influx of uh, people talking that way. It's picking back up. Cap, is there is there any fire to the smoke, or maybe you wouldn't even call it smoke? But is is there anything to the fact that the Bears will consider? Um, even moving fields to restart the rookie contract with what some people are calling a generational quarterback uh, in Young. Yeah, I don't see Bryce Young being a generational quarterback. Not telling you he's not a really good player. He's five foot ten. He's one hundred eighty-eight pounds. Justin six three, two hundred and thirty-eight pounds. Like in a league where we see guys getting the crap beaten out of them on a daily basis, I can't roll the dice on someone that small. That's a. Yes, very good, talented player. B, we haven't had the Indianapolis Combine. Mm-hmm. Teams have not been privy to players' medicals yet. They have not had their interviews at the Combine. They have not had their 30 on-campus, quote, visits where they bring 30 prospects to their building. So all this that, you know, this, and I see it every day. Oh, somebody tweeted today, all oh, the talks are picking up between yeah. the Bears and the Colts. No, they're not. They're not, because the Colts don't know yet. What if they get the medicals on Bryce Young and go, oh, God, we didn't know this. That's, there's, I do not believe. Go back, and I did this. I pulled up all of the trades where you saw teams move up for quarterbacks. Carson Wentz on the first week of April. Um, Jared Goff last week of March. Uh, I'm trying to remember. The Patrick Mahomes trade to move up to 10 happened on draft day. So, again, I don't think you're going to see these trades coming in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to the Combine next week. I'll learn a lot more. Nice, nice. Oh, that'll be really good. And, of course, you'll be able to probably get a little more information talking to people. You're a good schmoozer there, Cappy, hmm. and you'll be able to rub elbows with some of the people and the decision makers there. Justin Fields' development, It we saw what he is as a runner, still got to get a lot better. How much was that just a bad offensive line, a wide receiver group that was as bad as anybody in the NFL, and how much is it that he still has just a ton of work to do actually throwing the football? Well, if you go back and you start pulling up game highlight videos 
from his days at Ohio State, Justin Fields was not a runner. He did not run much. He would use his legs if he had to escape the pocket. He was a passer, and he was a really good passer, accurate, threw a great deep ball. So this narrative, which is out there, I agree with you, it's out there, that Justin's a runner. That was only by design because he had a bad offensive line, no wide receiver help, and just a bad football team. Justin is a throwing quarterback. And when you put, if you drop Justin onto the Philadelphia Eagles, he would do the same thing Jalen Hurts did this year, mm-hmm. take him to a chance to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree with that. I, I, I'm with you. Uh, well, we'll see, Cap. Uh, when, when do you get the combine? Will you be there Wednesday when we have you? Yes, I will be there Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday night. Wednesday, I have a four-hour show from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. Chicago time. And then I will probably still be at the workouts while I'm talking to you guys. St. Elmo's reservation yet? Yes, sir. It's already totally booked the restaurant. And I said to my guys on my show, hey, let's go to St. Elmo's. Yeah, just when we get down there, just book it then. I'm like, are you? I, no way. You're not getting in. in. No, absolutely not. Five, five, four or five weeks ago, I booked it. We're in. Good stuff. Well, let, let's move on, Cap. And I saw uh, your uh, your shirt yesterday from the uh, the shirt. Obvious shirts it is, right? Obvious shirts. I invited him. Yeah. What I forgot about, what I'm referring to, is Shohei Otani and Suzuki. Apparently, he's already politicking uh, for Otani. I did not recall until you said this that uh, reminded me of this. Um Cubs were the runner-up in the Otani sweepstakes the first time around. Totally forgot. Correct. Is it even they, remotely possible that this time they get him? Dude, GD right, it's remotely possible. Didn't you see the shirt? I invited <laughs> I Stan Suzuki. Yeah. Yes, and that was my idea to have that shirt made. He's got this new machine where he makes shirts like it takes five minutes and he's got the shirt made. So I was going into work and I'm doing my homework. It's, I don't know. Five o'clock in the morning, and I'm reading some stuff, and I get a text from somebody in Arizona the night before that I hadn't read yet. I was sleeping. He said, "Dude, Saya said he invited Shohei to be a Cub, and that's a big thing." So I start doing my homework, and I said to start the show, Hoodie's talking about, you know, like trenches about Justin Fields, this and this trade. I said, "Stop! You're burying the lead here, Hoodie. <laughs> we can talk about Justin anytime." Shohei Otani's coming to the Cubs. He's like, what? I said, he got invited by Seiya Suzuki, his countryman. He's coming here. I invited him. He said that. I go, Joe Johnson at Obvious Shirts, get that shirt printed right now. He was listening to the show. Text me. I'll have your shirt for you when you get off the air. And he did. Oh well, it's going to take more than a shirt. But if if that, what's it going to take money wise, Cap, to get Otani? I mean, might this be the biggest contract in sports? Uh, I would say it will probably take, and I'm guessing here, minimum of ten years, minimum, mm-hmm. and it will probably be half a billion between four and five hundred million. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yep. It's a big number. It's a huge number. But if you're the Chicago freaking Cubs and you've got you kept your powder dry so you could strike when there was an opportunity, and let's assume they have a pretty good year this year. I'm not telling you they win the World Series. 82-83 wins. Now 
Tiko Armstrong's coming, and Matt Mervis is coming, and Kevin Alcantara's coming, and all these different prospects, Miguel Amaya. And I can get you a number one starter that's also going to be your DH and hit you 35 home runs at Wrigley, and he's a left-handed bat. Come on now, Mr. Ricketts is a billionaire. Come on. What are we doing here then? Let's go. It's time to try and win. What is your anticipation of Suzuki here in year number two? Solid year last year. Maybe not the heights that some people anticipated out of him, but it was very solid. OPS plus a 116. Great start. Yeah. What, what is your expectation? How big of a leap do you anticipate from him this season? I'm thinking 55 to 70 bombs, uh, <laughs> driving 175 to 225. No, I'm kidding. I think he's going to be a really good player. I think he's going to hit. 25 home runs, mm-hmm. something like that. He put on 20 pounds. He looks amazing. He's wow. jacked beyond belief. Uh, I think he's going to be a 275 to 290 hitter, hit 25 homers, drive at 80. I fully expect him to be a very, very good baseball player. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Dansby Swanson soon to be the captain of that team if they do name a captain? I mean, he just got there, obviously, but there's not a – I mean, if it's not Ian Happ who may not be there, I'm not even sure they'll name one cap, but a lot of teams do. Might Swanson be that guy right off the bat? Nico Horner seemingly is too young. Uh, I mean, Jonathan Taves became captain at 20 years old of the yeah. Blackhawks, so I think – That worked out pretty well. Nico Horner – it did. Nico Horner is a very good leader, very well-liked and respected in that room. I think they have a lot of those guys. Uh, Ian Happ is very well-respected yeah. in that room. Now, is Ian Happ going to get extended? It's hard to name a guy captain if he's in his walk year and you don't right. extend him. So is Kyle Hendricks going to be around? I mean, he's a great leader in that room as well. So they have a handful. They feel like, and again, I love Wilson Contreras, they feel like their locker room's in a better place now that Wilson's not there. Hmm. Hmm. That's an interesting one there. Yeah. What, what's behind that, Cap? Just the fact that he was, you know, he's going to stir up the other team like he seemingly did a couple of three times a year. Is that was that part of it? Yeah, they just, from what I was told, again, I love Wilson Contreras, and I think he should still be on this team. Mm-hmm. But people around there that I trust said he's too you know, over the top with his temper and his passion and his, you know, the way he plays. And there were, you know, reports that he would throw stuff after a game. He was mad and guys were like, come on now, man, we're pros here. We can't do this. I like that fire. I like that passion, but they're a lot closer to it because they saw it every day than I am. I'm not there every day. So what I think is acceptable, they did not. And that's why they never even made an offer to keep it. Cappy, they've thrown a couple bullets out there and, and hoping something darts at stick with Fulmer in the bullpen, Boxberger, guys like that. Is, is it, at this point, though, just a crapshoot? I mean, you go with these veteran relievers and you just hope at minimum one of them sticks. So that's a great question, Trip, because the late Kevin Towers, remember him? Yes, yeah. yeah. GM, yeah. GM in San Diego. Padres, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm talking to him one day at the winter meeting, and – we were talking about building a bullpen, and he said, one year I went to my owner, and the old owner, John Moores, he was much more frugal than the guys that are there now. And he said, I need some money. i got to build this bullpen. He said, all right, how much you need? I need whatever it was, $10, 12000000 million. 
He said, I signed the two best available relievers on the market. He said, you go through free agency. We had the top two guys. We got them both. And they were horrible. He said, one of them I had to release in June, and the other one I got rid of at the end of the year, and our bullpen was brutal. He said, I signed the best guys. How did this not work? He then took three failed starters that got non-tendered by other teams, turned them into relievers, and he had the best bullpen in the game the next year. He said, you never know. You can go sign you know, whoever it is, Araldis Chapman in his prime, and it doesn't work, and then you go sign Trent Condon, a failed starter at A, and he turns into this wizard when you ask him to get specialized situations. So it's a really hard thing to build a bullpen. I think they've done an okay job. I just don't know. If they're in the hunt, there's a big difference asking a guy to close when your team is mm-hmm. you know, 37 and 54. When your team is 54 and 37 and they're two games up in the division and I hand the ball to Ken Miller at Wrigley Field on a Friday afternoon with 42,000 going nuts and the Cardinals you're playing, to get those last three outs. Who are you giving the ball to this year? <sighs> I don't know. Is that Rowan Wick? Is Cody Hoyer going to be healthy by June? Tommy John, are you giving the ball to him? Is it Boxberger? Is it Michael Fulmer? Is it Adbert Alzali? I don't know the answer to that. They do not have a defined closer right now. Interesting. Meanwhile, on the south side, Cap, I'll use a, a hawk. Uh, my pick-to-click this year for the White Sox, uh, and, and he's, he's, he's hurt a lot. Uh, I think you'll know him as if he can stay healthy, and it's a big if with him, this might be a guy that might challenge for the American League lead in home runs. I'm trying to find that guy that's got a big price tag, a big odds beside his name. Uh, him and as if he could ever stay healthy, Cap, he's got 35-40 in him, doesn't he? Oh, absolutely, if he could stay healthy. Now, that's the key by signing Andrew Benintendi and maybe Oscar Colas playing right and Luis Robert in center. Now, if you make him 98% of the time he's the DH, yeah, then that absolutely might work, and he could be a monster bat. In that ballpark, which is like a launching pad, 100% agree with you. But if they have to use him in the outfield because Benintendi's hurt or Colas doesn't make it, so Benintendi slides to right, now I got my concerns because that's where he gets hurt, playing defense. Great stuff as always, Cappy. Hey, we're out of time. We'll talk to you again next week. Enjoy Valparaiso yes. and your final MVC game. Yes, and then I will talk to you from the Indianapolis Combine next week. Enjoy St. Elmo's. Get the shrimp cocktail. I know you will. Thank you, buddy. I will. It's the best. It's awesome. <laughs> it is. Thanks, Cap. Take care. Uh, good yeah. to hear from you. David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors, Cap. Have you had the shrimp cocktail? I don't like shrimp cocktail. You don't have to. Well, yeah, I guess you do. Yeah. I like it's shrimp. It's the sauce. Yeah, see, I don't like the... I don't like cocktail sauce. It just, I mean, there's a, it makes your eyes water. Yeah, it's totally clear. It's so good. It sounds terrible. My wife hates everything. Uh-huh. Everything. She likes, you know, just scrambled eggs. <laughs> Plain Jane, right? Yeah. That's Cindy. Is that why you get cheese pizza? Part of it probably okay. was, yeah, yeah, in the beginning. Uh, she loves it. It's so good. Really? Oh, it's so good. All right. Anyways, we will take a timeout. Uh, come back. Trent's plays of the day. Hopefully you can hit a couple if you're an indie because that's what it's going to take to pay the bill at St. Elbows. Yeah. Because they're proud of their food. <laughs> and understandably so. Circus plays of the day. Trent has them next. Miller and Condon. Uh, uh, by the way, before we go to break, another reminder. Uh, FullerDental.net. FullerDental. Dr. Stephen Fuller. Uh, Kelsey Edwards. 
They have given us two tickets to see Michigan State and Iowa, to give away to see Michigan State and Iowa. Go to the Miller & Condon Twitter account. Claim your number. First person to claim it, that's theirs. That you, if somebody takes 119 and that's what it is, and you took 119 but somebody took it before you did, it's theirs. You lose. So take a number that hasn't been already claimed. You'll see all the rules at the Miller & Condon Twitter account. The contest closes tonight at 7.59. Your chance to win Michigan State Iowa tickets. Trent's plays of the day next. Miller & Condon, 106.9. XNO. Do you remember when America- Dallas Cowboys won their first Super Bowl with Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, and company? It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866. Or online, Wolf Roofing. See official rules for details. Back to Miller and Condon on KXNO and Trent's Pick of the Day, presented by Circus Sports Iowa. All right, final couple of minutes. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Thanks again to Centurion Stone of Iowa, Centurion Stone of Iowa.com for making Cappy possible. Trent's Plays of the Day. We got a nine-pack of picks for tonight. I've also jumped aboard with a few golf picks. This field for the Honda Classic. So, you know, Liv starts this week. And I, I didn't actually. <laughs> I think they scheduled it in a way they know that this was not going to have the field that we had last week, which was incredible. It and really a great, was. Yeah. Great tournament. Not so much this week. I got uh, Jonathan Vegas. That, that's my pick. 35 to 1. Just uh, throw a couple bucks on him. That's uh, somebody that caught my eye this week. Shane Lowry, uh, one of the favorites. I got him a top 20. But college basketball tonight. We kick things off at 5 30. Big East. UConn, just not playing what we saw back in November and December. Against Providence, what does Providence always do? Play close games. I'm getting seven and a half. It almost feels good, mm. too good to be true, but I'll do it. Give me the Friars plus seven and a half. Virginia, what do they do? They win, but not by a lot. Boston College is good at home. I'm getting nine and a half. Too good to be true. Almost feels that way. Southern Miss is the Classic Conference USA. Old Dominion is okay. Old Dominion, slight dog here. I'm going to grab the one and a half. I think the winning streak comes to an end for Southern Miss. Give me Syracuse against a reeling Clemson team tonight. I'm getting five with the Orange Temple. Give me the Owls plus the eight against Cincinnati. Mercer, that's right. We're going Southern Conference here. Give me the Bears plus 13 and a half at Furman. Belmont, I'm going to lay the one and a half at home as they take on Indiana State. UIC, they go to Evansville. We know the Purple Aces are terrible. Give me the Flames and we wrap things up tonight in the Ohio Valley. If you've uh, been watching Eastern Illinois since that win against Iowa, as we anticipated going into the game, they're awful. Mm-hmm. We'll lay the five. Give me Morehead State with their final pick. Uh, Drake win and cover? They win. It's a big number. Big number. Too many points. Iowa win and cover? If they win, they're going to cover because it's one and a half. <laughs> right. Oh, oh, you're hesitating. I got too much scar tissue All with right. Bucky. Uh, Murphy Natty, five minutes away. Um, uh, and then the drive, of course, with Heather and Sean. We're Miller and Cotton at 11 to 1, Monday through Friday. See you tomorrow, 106.3 KXN. Oh.